listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, you can get my new book, The Great Reset. It's available at glensnewbook.com. Uh, I got a lot of email on it uh, this weekend from people reading it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please spread the word. Uh, this is, I think, the litmus test for anybody who is going to go to Washington, D.C. Do you know what The Great Reset is? Do you know how dangerous it is? Uh, and what are you going to do to help uh, fight it? It is a story of real tyranny. And this is why we have so much chaos. And this is why I've said for 15 years, do not participate in anything that causes more chaos. Chaos, um, the solution to chaos is always tyranny. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Too many people, you know, trying to figure it out. Too many voices all at once. Too much plurality. Everybody's, everybody's got an opinion. We just... And you need time and you need rest and you just are exhausted and you're exhausted with the fear of what's going on. And then too many cooks in the kitchen and it becomes collective fear. And you start to think nobody really has an answer. Nobody has an answer. This is something that Plato talked about 2,500 years ago. At times of extreme chaos, people will turn to the politician or the political party that promises to restore order. That's what's happening right now. And the chaos is going to get worse. And right now, they're ignoring the thing that really is chaotic in your life, and that is your job, your business, and inflation. How are you affording to do the things that you need to do? I guarantee you, they're ignoring it now, but those same people who are ignoring it will be the ones that will come to you with a solution, and it will be a very bad solution. But that's not the way tyranny usually comes. Tyranny, you know, when we think of tyranny, you think of Darth Vader. Um, but that's not how tyranny comes. Usually, tyranny is pretty boring. What we want is boring. That's why people elected Joe Biden. They wanted something predictable, calm, an escape from all of the noise. And so you do that and you give that person power. And sometimes you give them way too much power because just whatever it takes, whatever it takes to save us. We've always known in America power tends to corrupt and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. But I think we have forgotten those things because there's a specific kind of power that leads to tyranny. It's the power that arises when the weak come together to ambush the strong. An ambush is the only tactic they have. It's a, a, an attempt to substitute violence for power. But what they don't realize is, is that Yes, tyranny involves one person or one party having all the power. But at the same time, tyranny stops the development of power. It stops the development of politics, which stops the development of human nature. Have you noticed that politics have really stopped and frozen in time? What you believe about Donald Trump will never change. What you believe about COVID and the vaccines will never change. Nobody is willing to change their positions because no one is looking at anything, including COVID, as anything other than political. The virus does not care who you voted for.
The virus doesn't care if you're in China or you're in America. It doesn't care if it came from a lab or nature. It doesn't care. Tyranny, tyrants. The, 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 the biggest problem is not their cruelty, and it's incredible cruelty. It's their efficiency and their callousness. They provide stability. They provide productivity. They provide security. And as things churn in their new world order, there's a quiet transfer of power that takes place. It's a, it's a theft. It's a heist. The power of the people is taken slowly, bit by bit, and put into the hands of a few at the state. And you don't notice it happening when it's happening. Because when we think of tyranny, again, we think of the jackbooted thugs. We don't imagine it happening bit by bit. But tyrants don't gain power on a platform that expresses contempt for freedom. Even Hitler didn't do that. And he didn't get it all at once. He took it piece by piece. And they appeal to your humanity. How did, how did you kill all of those Jews? How did you do it? Because those people are against what we believe in. Those people are uh, the people that um, have brought these problems upon us. And if we can just get them isolated, if we can just not work with them, then all of humanity is going to be okay. We're doing a service. That's how they got people to kill other people. It's only in the end do you see how horrific the idea is. Tyranny instead structures your life for you. Better than a democracy ever could because a democracy is chaos. It's complicated. It requires a lot of each individual to think and to contemplate. And the power is dispersed among everybody. So nobody has power over the other person. A tyrant is like a universal remote. I mean, I just we just need to shut everybody up. We just got to watch this show. But before long, you start to realize the cost. Everything repeats. And this is where we're at now. It's still growing, but have you noticed how everything repeats? Everything begins to be exactly the same. Everything has become about politics and not about principles, not about right and wrong, not about standing up and speaking out. You're, you're not standing up with people who say we should take rights away from people who disagree with me medically. We should take their children away. 48% of Democrats who voted for Joe Biden say that you should take their freedom away if they disagree with you on social media. When the voices are snuffed out that disagree with you, what happens to diversity? Everything will be exactly the same. And individuality is completely gone. But usually tyrants, it gets worse because individuality eventually becomes a crime. It's easier under tyranny to act than to think. They want you to think. How many times have you heard? Don't think. Don't listen to that. Don't read that. Anytime anyone has ever told me not to do something, 
I usually end up doing. And it's usually, I mean, in my early days, it was because that's just the kind of rebel that I was. But now it's because I know if you don't have a good reason for it, and even if you do, I'm smart enough to figure out and look at that and say, okay, I see why I shouldn't do that. But if you just blank me, tell, tell me I can't do something, I can't read something, I can't think something, you are part of the tyranny. And the tyrant keeps speaking uh, and acting as one. There's no protest, no city councils, no school board meetings, no discussion of any kind in the end of this. People keep their opinions private because the tyrant speaks for them. It may seem like people are still participating in public life, but really, they're only spouting slogans of the tyrant's party. This is the way it happens every time, and it leads to isolation. And isolation is the gasoline that turns the flame into an eruption. A tyrant is isolated from the people. Have you noticed the polls? The poll numbers are saying that this administration and the Democratic Party are out of touch with the American people. They are not concentrating on the things the American people are interested in. Why? Because they are isolated. They have self-isolated. They have taken anyone who disagrees with them and removed them from their sphere of influence. Once you isolate yourself, you lose touch with humanity. The people become isolated. And we begin to assume that tyranny is normal and that our suspicions of it are taboo. Isolation through fear, suspicion. It's the fear of getting banned by social media. The fear of getting fired for some dumb joke we made you know, on social media maybe 10 years ago. We're, we want to leave social media, but we're afraid to get off it. And we're terrified of being kicked off it. This is why the tyrant discourages people from worrying about politics. Tyranny is the escape from politics. Sounds appealing, but it's not. Our political beliefs are more than just feelings or convictions. They are the body and the mind of our personal freedom. At its core... Tyranny is the expression of impotence, not weakness, impotence, voicelessness, powerlessness, inability to act. The solution to impotence is the loss of power. It's strength. It's strength, not power. You cannot overcome tyranny by overpowering it. Violence can destroy power, but it can never take its place. And tyranny will always collapse, always, and be replaced with something else. It's why Marxism will never work. You can take away a person's property and their family. You can take away their private life. You can make them powerless. You can make them impotent. Um, but we think of ourselves still as, a, as an individual, and we have to think of our nation as a family. We have a shared investment. And I don't care if your little sister was wrong or right or whatever. When my little sister is being beat up, I stand up for my little sister. 
I stand up for my family members. I stand up for the bully. And if it is a member of my own family that is the bully, I do not stand up for that bully. I stand against that bully. Our nation needs to be a giant neighborhood again, not a commune, not a castle, but a a space filled with private properties connected invisibly by community, by neighbors, by strangers, friends, by people that share citizenship and the same values and not values like I go to your church, you go to my church. Values that we believe in the sanctity of man the sanctity of the individual life and believe that everything is not political. When social power becomes political power, social power can make people think they have an obligation to the majority. When the beauty of democracy is it protects the voiceless and the abandoned, it protects the dissenters, it protects the rebels, That's why we have always been a nation of underdogs. That's why we have always liked the rebels. Because they are the voiceless. They are the downtrodden. The tyrants want you to believe that politics is a religious war. But politics isn't war. And politics isn't religion. There's no compromise on the battlefield. There's no compromise with the devil. But politics demands, depends on compromise, not obedience and not submission. There's one person, one thing more important than the majority. And if we can remember this, we will be okay. The one thing more important than the majority is that one lone voice that disagrees with the majority. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome back to the program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Stu Bergier in for uh, Glenn. He's uh, in the middle of his ongoing care for COVID-19. So uh, he's still recovering, as you uh, may know. Unfortunately for the left, he has not dropped dead yet. This is a big uh, hope over the weekend and over the past week that maybe, just maybe, Glenn would just drop dead and we could all celebrate on social media of another person having a health problem. And while I know we can all come together and hope for things like that of our political opponents, so far, still alive, we will update you with any change in that particular uh, information. But that's what we know right now. Uh, you know, we'll wish Glenn uh, the best and hopefully he'll be, he should be back tomorrow. He just had appointments and stuff that could not be moved today. So uh, I'm going to bring you through the rest of the program. And it's interesting talking about uh, the Martin Luther King part of this, that really, I don't know that I would have said this a few years ago, but really, I think you could now kind of classify Martin Luther King as a conservative figure. He's certainly at odds with everything the left promotes when it comes to race at this point martin luther king's idea was not you know i don't think at least i don't remember the speech where he was like you know what we need is 24-hour unattended drive-through voting 
I don't <laughs> I don't remember that ever being the pitch. The pitch was not we need to send ballots to every home when they don't even ask for them. The idea was equality. The idea that African Americans should have equal access to the polls as everyone else. Something that I thought everyone in America was currently for. But apparently the left is is shaking me off of that. All in strange sort of fan service for this bizarre woke ideology that has popped up over the past few years. And I know Glenn goes into great detail as to maybe why this is happening and how it's being used in his book, The Great Reset, that's out now. You can get it at glennsnewbook.com. But what's interesting about it is you hear this all the time. You watch MSNBC or CNN. You look at social media. You read any of the major mainstream publications. And they treat these things as if they're obvious. As if, oh, quite clearly what we're seeing is an effort by the Republicans to depress the vote of african-americans it's their only goal is there evidence to support this sometimes they will give you the the this one thing um that is from the brennan center and it is a uh, the idea that over the past uh, year or so there have been more than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access that have been in, introduced in 49 states you can see it you can see it said all, all the time by politicians. In Joe Biden's big speech, he said it. Oh, there's over 400 uh, rules that have been uh, proposed. And then I think he fell asleep for about 12 minutes. Then he woke up and he said, in states and country, squirrels. Uh, then there was about 14 minutes of silence. Um, but he, he was still awake, I think. His eyes were open and his mouth was still moving, but he wasn't saying anything. And then there's another eight minutes. He started dancing. And then he finished it up and said, this is bad. So it was an interesting speech, uh, all in all. But this idea that 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access uh, in 49 states just in 2021 is a massive talking point for the left right now. This is their case to harass uh, Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, all the Republicans to vote for their horrible bill that would federalize elections all across the country. This is a terrible idea. We should not do it for a multitude of reasons. But their support of this is, hey, wait a minute. Republicans are restricting rights for people to vote. They don't want minorities to vote. They don't want Democratic voters to vote. And they are passing all these laws to restrict voting access. And it's important to understand that, first of all, most of these bills didn't pass. There are 440 of them, but most of them were you know, proposed and nothing happened with them. Secondly, it's important to understand what it means when you say you're restricting voting access. There was some tightening of voting access in some states. Here's the important part of this. As compared to the 2020 pandemic election. If you compare it to 2018, what you'll find is the opposite. You'll see expansion. We'll get into that in a second. But if you go back to 2020, we had a pandemic going on. Remember, these rules are being changed in spring and summer of 2020 when we're at the point of the pandemic where we have the least amount of knowledge, 
We don't know everything about it yet. We're still learning about it. We don't know how bad it's going to get. We don't know if there's a huge breakout. Will anyone want to show up to the polls at all in November? So there's some sense to look at these things and say, how do we make it easier for someone who wants to vote? Now, that never justifies mailing a ballot to every single person uh, who is eligible or not in the United States. That has never been a thing that was supported by any idea of the pandemic but maybe making it easier for someone to vote absentee uh makes sense maybe an outside drop-off of an absentee ballot makes sense maybe there's a couple things that make sense right in that particular um i uh climate however of course as we always see you never want to let a serious crisis go to waste and so the democrats decided to pass lots of different rules that just happened to benefit them in large ways and then basically blamed it on the pandemic now the they were always proposed always proposed as a one-time pandemic measure to make it easy this one time and as we know this is what the left does they propose these things as one-time craziness and look we're in amazing times and we have to do something different and then When that time ends, when the pandemic fades a little bit, when people have vaccines or natural immunity to to help fight this off, when there are treatments available, when people now understand that basically it's almost impossible to pass uh, this virus outdoors, when you get through all of these things, the left just then says, actually, the only thing that isn't racism is All of these pandemic rules, in effect, in perpetuity. If you have any of them back off to 2018 levels or even uh, even more open access than 2018, you're a racist, uh, you are a terrible person, and you just want to stop minorities from voting. I mean, this is Joe Biden from his speech the other day is still calling it Jim Crow 2.0. And we have that clip for you. Do we have the clip from Joe Biden? Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. <laughs> is it's it? no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. And whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. <laughs> Whenever Joe Biden says... It's not hyperbole. It means it 100% is hyperbole. There are no, that, is the, that is a Joe Biden guarantee for you. So here he is insulting the people who actually had to go through Jim Crow. Almost exclusively led by Democratic policies, by the way. But these Democratic policies, they are now saying are coming back. Even though it is now easier to vote than it has ever been. In anyone's life. It's important to to take that away. It is easier to vote now. Than it has ever been. For anybody. It's much, much easier. And this is something that's hard for the American people to swallow. But I, I want to make sure that everybody in this audience understands it. Because I think you already do. But make sure you understand that it's totally safe to tell all your friends this as well. If you can't figure out how to vote. In the United States in 2022, you are an idiot. 
That's it. You're an idiot. You should be able to figure this out. And honestly, if you're dumb enough to not be able to figure out how to vote in the year 2022, perhaps you should consider not doing it. Because if you can't spend the time to figure out how to vote in 2022 in the most accessible elections in the history of America, maybe you don't care enough. Maybe you're not putting in enough time to be able uh, to justify your own vote. You know, MTV did, I think, insurmountable uh, damage back in the day when they did these rock the vote campaigns. And you know what? Rock the vote says basically, hey, you, you have the ability to vote. You should make sure you show up. Well, you know what? Is that true? Is that true? Isn't there more to it than that? Uh, I haven't thought about any of these issues for 12 months, but let me go rock the vote. There's no, there is no pride to be taken in showing up to vote. Vote after you learn something about what you're voting on. Learn, then vote. The order is important. You need to learn first, vote after. Don't just vote. Don't just rock a vote. Rocking a vote does nothing for anyone except winds up electing the people that dumb, uninformed voters want elected. Instead, take some time. You might come to a conclusion that disagrees with me. You might come to a very liberal uh, conclusion and say, you know what we need is socialized medicine. You might think that, but I don't know. Learn fact one about it before you vote. Don't take pride in showing up without knowledge and pressing a button there's nothing to brag about you don't deserve a sticker for that you don't deserve a pin for that show up with some information show up after learning about what you're doing and then you can press the button on the fancy machine learn then vote the order is important I made up shirts that say just that. Learn, then vote. The order is important. StuDoesMerch.com And I did that because it seems to be a foreign concept to a lot of Americans. So I go back to this Brennan uh, study. More than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. In the same report, Separated by just a few words, it also says this. More than 1,000 bills with expansive provisions have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. More than double the amount to expand election access than retract it. And even the retractions that we're talking about, the restrictions, are not really restrictions. Certainly not based to any time in our history. But that's Jim Crow 2.0. To me, this strikes of desperation. The left is looking at this and feeling and getting overtly desperate. To call... A massive expansion of voting rights over, let's just take it over a short period of time, a decade. 
massively expanded. It's much easier to vote uh, by mail. It's much easier to vote absentee. It's much easier to get access to vote now than it was a few years ago. This is the easiest time it's ever been available. But they're calling that Jim Crow 2.0 because they are desperate. They are looking at what is going to happen to their party in 2022, and they are terrified. They are as terrified as Republicans are excited. Now, the Republican Party has come up with incredible, incredible, innovative ways to lose elections. So you can't put anything in the bank. But the bottom line is they are terrified as to what could come in November. And now they are trying to rally their base behind this false, ridiculous idea that we are in the middle of the Jim Crow era part two. A terrible, unneeded sequel that is not occurring. They want that to be true. They want their country to be a racist hellhole to win an election. They want to convince the American people that their country sucks so that they can get a little more power and spend a little more of your money and get a little more control over you. That is the modern left in a nutshell. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Stu in for Glenn, who is out today. He should be back tomorrow. As you may know, he had the vid. He had the Rona. He had the Cron. The Omicron is in the house. All over the house. The house is caked in Omicron. Everybody in the house has it. Everybody all across the country has it right now, apparently. Like, no businesses are open. Everyone's just home with the Omicron. At this point, you have to admit, it would be a really good scam. To just say you have it and go on vacation. Can we be honest with this is what should happen. The American people need to come together. We're innovative people. We realize these things. If you haven't had the cron yet. You say you got the cron. And don't post those pictures. Of your island getaway. That's what you should be doing right now. now. That's maybe not the best lesson. For children. But that's clearly where Glenn is. You think he's actually. You think he's homesick. Come on. Let's be honest about it. He's either on some ski, ski slope or some island, and he's just told everyone here he has the cron. And then behind him is a green screen that looks like his house. That's what's going on. At least that's what I believe. It is at that point where it is incredible. We, uh, the cancellations that have happened, the appointments that have been moved, the businesses that can't you know, staff their actual businesses, it's really incredible. It's really incredible what has happened. Now, looking at what's going on nationwide, we've seen this for now a few days in certain states. The northeastern states that got hit with the Omicron stuff early seem to now be trending downward quickly, which is really good. You know, New York may be leading the way on that. They got it pretty early and now are getting out of it pretty early. But there's a bunch of other states, particularly in the northeast. Rhode Island looks like it's finally hit that peak. Connecticut. As well, Washington, D.C., Illinois is now kind of hitting that peak, Pennsylvania as well. And you know, really states all across the country now look like 
we're hitting that peak and this is about the time they they thought it would happen that is uh, obviously a positive thing and if you look at the nationwide chart now you're seeing i think it was mike chase who said it, it looks like a classic brontosaurus pattern you see a very long neck a, a line straight up and at the very top you see that little turnaround it's a little tiny head at the top of the brontosaurus neck and maybe just maybe that's the downturn of omicron now Omicron has not been as deadly as previous waves. We've talked about that quite a bit. Still is, uh, you know, not not a fun thing to deal with. And the economy has been hit very hard with this. Obviously, people's health has been hit hard with this as well. Because even if you don't die, a lot of people are just getting sick. And it's miserable. Now, even if it winds up being eventually kind of this endemic flu situation that we kind of hope it does become because it's a lot worse than what we've had to deal with over the past couple of years it still sort of sucks so you've got that going on the whole world just seems upside down this weekend in colleyville texas there was a terrorism attack or at least an attempted hostage situation at a uh, a temple in colleyville texas now if you don't know colleyville texas one thing you may remember it uh, by is early on in the pandemic when all the mask mandates were happening all over the place, they were like the first town to say, yeah, we're opening up. They were the first town I remember opening up their restaurants. I, I believe it was late April 2020. They opened up their restaurants. They were like, look, we're, we're not going to we're not going to play this game. They were also they also said we're not going to enforce any mask mandates. I don't want to. We talked to the mayor at one point and he's like, look. I'm not going to assign resources to that. We've got other things to do. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, you don't. It's not up to us to harass you about your personal health decisions. Uh, So this is a town, it's nearby where we broadcast from. And it's a great little town. And they had a terribly scary thing happen where someone came in and took a bunch of people hostage at a temple and started, we believe, ranting about a, a convicted terrorist who is held in the Dallas area, apparently wanting them freed or wanted to talk to her. It's, it's somewhat up in the air at this point. The good news is, of course, that everyone made it out of there, with the exception of the guy holding them hostage. He did not. Well, he made it out of there, but he just didn't, make, he didn't walk out. I assume they've removed him from the premises, but he didn't walk out of the building. And that's a sort of a crazy thing. I mean, this is right near where we broadcast from, right near where many of us live here. I have friends who were close enough to be able to look out their window and see the, see the flashing lights, hear the gunshots, hear the flashbangs as it was going on. This is a quiet, you know, great little town where you do not expect something like this to happen. And thankfully, it did not end as the worst way uh, possible. If they only would have defunded the police, though, imagine how well it would have gone. So you have that uh, situation going on. Then we had to deal with the football weekend, which I don't know. It it depends on if you care about football, you might not. But I had the ups and downs of being a Philadelphia Eagles fan and just watching them get absolutely obliterated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As honestly, I expected it would have been nice for them to show up at some level, though. It would have been nice for them to at least try or at least look like they were trying. Maybe they were trying. didn't look like they were trying. But they get totally blown out. And then I have to deal with the Cowboys who, if they win, if I have to come into this office after a, an Eagles loss and a Cowboys win, 
that would have been i would have faked the cron i would have been on an island saying i had covid19 that's what i would have done luckily though i have the cowboys to depend on to completely choke and blow the game in the final seconds that at least i had that to fall back on and now i can save my omicron you know fake diagnosis for another time for another wonderful vacation This is a strange world we're living in. And we are now looking forward to an election. An election season where everything is going to get crazier and crazier. Where the desperation from the left has got to scare you. One of the things we uh, Glenn talks about in his new book, The Great Reset, is how this plan has been around for a while. right? This idea to essentially, in some ways, admit failure. You know, it's interesting because this is something that's going on all around the world. But as it applies to to the United States, the Great Reset is a sort of remix of a bunch of old ideas. And one of the important things about it is the American people have never embraced socialism like other parts of the world have. This is a country that was built foundationally on individualism. And yes, we come together in, in many aspects of public life, but... The general concept here is that we are all individuals that can make our own choices. And as long as we're not affecting other people, we kind of go on with our lives. Commerce connects us. You know, uh, civics connects us. Culture at some level connects us, but it's a pretty basic level. And people can make lots of different choices. I mean, they can even be cowboy fans. All sorts of terrible, terrible choices people can make, and we respect those choices. But that has now uh, come to the point where the the far left, the socialist uh, left, the AOC left, has realized that like this is not a winning nationwide uh, idea at this time. We can't tell people it's socialism. If we do, they're going to reject it. So we have to go about it in different ways. Now, of course, in AOC's district, she can say she's a socialist and win. Apparently, Vermont will elect Bernie Sanders over and over again. And we know that there are certain pockets of the country that are friendlier to these ideas than others. But as a nationwide idea, it really, you can't get control of the country with this sort of philosophy, at least yet. You have to do it very, very slowly. Well, how can you accelerate that? You can try to accelerate it by running AOC type candidates, but that's not going to work. The way they're trying to accelerate it now is through the Great Reset. Where instead of pressuring voters to vote socialist policies in, you go around the policies and you use the market that has served us so well by pressuring companies at higher levels, international companies that have to deal with this stuff overseas and have them implement it all over this country. So it's not a choice. It's no longer the Americans saying, okay, you give, you're giving me two ideas. I clearly select idea number one over idea number two. This is, there is no idea number two. This is just the reality of the world. And Glenn spends a, a good amount of time trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And he's got the solutions in the book. But it's not going to be easy. And it's, it really does require all of us to wake up. And change the way that we do things. And not only that, but wake others up. 
the book has been either number one or number two on Amazon for you know the whole week. It's been going back and forth with Atomic Habits, which there is a long-standing war between Glenn Beck and good personal habits. And right now, Glenn Beck has been winning. <laughs> uh, the books keep going back and forth, but Glenn has defeated his personal habits. That's that's for sure. But like those, the reason why that book is connecting, if you think of those two books in particular, you know, the, there's a reason why Atomic Habits is the number one or number two book in the country. It's January. It's a really good book, by the way, if you haven't read it and you're looking to change maybe the way you live uh, and manage. Uh, maybe you think your life has gotten a little bit out of control through COVID. I, I would highly recommend Atomic Habits. It's really, really good. But it's January and it's a book about habits and everyone's trying to have their New Year's resolutions and change the way they live. And it makes perfect sense that a really good book about habits would be number one or number two. Why would a Glenn Beck book be there? It's not because of his appearance, I'll tell you that much. It's because the Great Reset is something that people kind of understand, kind of feel is going on, but don't yet understand it. A lot of people want to know more about it, want to know where this research is, what's real and what isn't. You, I will tell you, you can get a lot of free things on the internet. There's a lot of stuff out there. Jeffy tells you, me about a lot of it all the time, and man, it's, it's terrifying. He runs a lot of these sites that, 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 that supply it. But you start searching for the Great Reset on the internet, you're going to get a mix. You're going to get some stuff that's real and a lot of stuff that isn't. A lot of, there is a Great Reset conspiracy theory. That's not what this book is about. The book is about sorting out what is real and what isn't, taking their words and understanding what they mean in context. That's really important. Because this is a movement that's gone around the country really quickly and has been accelerated by covid covid in the climate and several other things have been used as excuses to implement these policies and these controls over you over the things that you buy over the the job that you have over the laws that govern and you need to know this information and you need to be square on it not only you know so you can further your own understanding of it i know i've furthered mine by reading it but also to help others understand that it's not just conspiracy and to make sure you're not telling them things that aren't true. You have to know what is really true here because if you start looking on the internet, you'll find all sorts of fake stuff and that will only weaken the defenses against a great reset. The book is called The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. It is available wherever books are sold. You can get it at glensnewbook.com. <laughs>